Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, face, chucks the big bop halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. You hear that sound, Adam Luckett? Sound of silence? It's because there's no football game this weekend. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. We don't have a Kentucky football game I, this Saturday. I'm a fan of the two-by-week season. <sighs> I am too. And can not hit, just for like... You can hit the reset button twice. Yeah, this isn't like a, I'm just a complaining journalist, you know? Like, there's not enough Diet Coke in the press box. This is a... Uh, I think it's much, much needed for this Kentucky football team. Yeah, they needed it for sure. <laughs> I, I think it might be an understatement. The Cats went down to Columbia... Um, and it was hot and downright no good, ugly at all. Yeah, offensively couldn't play <laughs> any worse. <laughs> I don't know how you could play any worse than that. So here's the thing, Luckett. You watch both games from home, and I think like I learned that when I watch a game from home, I'm much more irrationally angry. I thought the Mississippi State first half was worse from a just whole team perspective. Whereas at South Carolina, I was just like, well, the quarterback just can't do anything. And we're not getting much running in between the tackles. Hard to get in space. But at least the defense is doing something. You know, South Carolina's running a bit. But I still felt like the first half against Mississippi State was worse. But I was also in the press box at South Carolina. I tend to put my guard I, I lower my my outrage meter because I can't like scream at the television. So like it was was it just me being there made it seem less bad or do, was it just the offense? Do you do you get what I'm saying? From where I was sitting, the situation with South Carolina made it a bigger game. And the Mississippi State game, the offense was moving the football throughout the game so you had glimpses of positivity down there there was nothing nothing. no i mean i think you they came out and i think they had three of their first four drives or three and outs and i think it was three first downs in the first half right yeah and then the one drive that wasn't a three and out was an interception it was just ugly sawyer smith looked like you know he was just swimming he was just lost the whole game there was not it didn't seem like it seemed like the whole team knew that they were just screwed on yeah. off on the offensive side. Defensively, 
South Carolina did what I talked about. They came out and they scored on that first drive. That Brian McClendon does a scripted drive as well as anyone. But after that, Kentucky really settled in. They got a stop in the red zone. They three for thirteen on third down after the first drive. Five for fifteen for the game. Three for thirteen for there. We got the pass rush back. Boogie Watson showed up. Calvin Taylor yeah. continues to ball out. Defense did some good things. They made some mistakes. They gave up some yards, but that's what this team is going to do. They're just young defense. But offensively, it was just it was just awful. Yeah. Um, and the the part is is like I think when we sat in this room last week, we talked like, hey, you know, even if Sawyer Smith isn't at a hundred percent, Kentucky should be able to run the football. They couldn't. They really didn't that much. I, like the first four plays of the. Second half for passes. Mm-hmm. And smoke. You didn't have smoke. Yeah, that's, that's factored in there. Yeah. But what they – I think what Kentucky's doing is they're running a lot of RPOs, but South Carolina – Was just saying pass it. Daring Kentucky yeah. to pass it, so they were, and it just it just wasn't in the cards that night. So a conversation I had with a pretty smart guy, I don't think he'll mind me name drop, but it was at halftime. Um, I, Jeremy Jarman was doing the color commentary for the game, and he's like – South Carolina is just daring them to throw it outside. Mm-hmm. And he, they're doing it. And it, it <laughs> he said, it, when he was like, when you watch the film of the South Carolina game the week before when they played Missouri, that was what Missouri did, did to them, them yep, whenever they had a, yep. a hurt quarterback. So I, you can't – like the, the, the people, uh, the, the kind of just angry typers who just already grand. Rah, like the – I mean, he was taking what they were giving him. So it's kind of like – I think it's a kind of a psychological like – it's a line of thinking that this coaching staff is struggling with on both sides of the football. Do you try to be aggressive and use your scheme or do you just like say, we can't do this, we're just going to be basic and just ram our heads against the wall and see if something works? Because I think defensively it's the same way where – They'll make a good call, like uh, in the 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 play that the first play of the second half, South Carolina, where Will Muschamp said, "We got to get twelve personnel running the nub side." First play, they get twelve personnel running the nub side, and score thirty yards. Rico Dowdle goes untouched, and it was one of those where I was just furious, like it when I saw, when I finally saw those packaged together. I watched that play over and over, and I'm like, "Wait." There's three guys there. Like, just somebody make a tackle. Mm-hmm. And But at the same time, I'm also fuming just on the face value. Like, how do they know it's coming and they still can't make the play? And when I finally calmed down and asked Stoops, it was like, you know what? There's three guys right there. One of you has got to make a tackle. Or one of you can't let one guy block two. It's also a young defense. It's a momentum-changing play. Kentucky comes out, fumbles their first possession. You see sudden change defense. Defense that probably wasn't totally focused, ready to go, and then they just you saw kind of the lackadaisical close. That's I think that play to me was more the youth of the defense showing up more than anything. Right, and I, but I it think, was not thinking. All right, hold on here. Our our offense just messed up. We need to pick them up again. Mm-hmm. We cannot let them. We cannot fall down seventeen. We have to hold them to three here. But instead, you saw a play they ran over and over in the first half. They came out and run it, ran it again in mm-hmm. Kentucky. Just kind of, you know, kind of just didn't 
pull out clothes like they needed to, Corker and Brandon Eccles. Right. And Cash was just a half step late getting out there. Yeah, and the hesitation kind of trip slipped him up. Right, but but, but I I think that look at my my kind of overarching point that I I wanted to make from this is that Stoops and them went out. They they caught a dog. I mean, square and just drilled that a gap, and it forced them to bounce. And it was the kind of pressure that you would like that Stoops could have dialed up a year ago. That he was comfortable dialing up a year ago. But can you make it with this inexperienced group of guys? Or on offense, can you make it with a group of players that are just completely different than what you, you thought you were going to have? Mm-hmm. Because you don't have Terry Wilson at quarterback. Defenses are treating their offense differently. So I, I think for each of them, they're trying to figure out, like they're in their fifth game and they're still trying to figure out right. the best play calling scenario. And that's just a recipe for disaster. Right. On the defensive side, you got a, a new coordinator, new play caller, and you just got a lot of new pieces. Five new defensive backs. Right. And then you consider, not only did you lose Devontae Robinson, not only did you lose all those seniors to the NFL, then you lose Jordan Griffin unexpectedly for these last two games. Handful of snaps last two games. Right. So then it's kind of thrown Quadre Mosley into the fire, who, think I, who I think has played well. Yeah, especially all things considered. Who might be an answer, but I think Kentucky – is still struggling at nickel. I think that's a spot that they might now that they found what they have in Mosley. Maybe they plug you know Jordan Griffin down there at nickel to get Mosley on the field more. Yeah, and then, hasn't mm-hmm. been. And then linebacker, you know, linebacker play just hasn't it's been, been great. It's been bad. DeAndre Square looked like an All American week one, and he hasn't come close to playing to that level since. He's still. He, I, I think he's their best blitzer. Mm-hmm. But there's. Um, there's so many times where him and always did the same thing, where it's great play and then just a lack of focus. Like mm-hmm. the, um, I'm there, but instead of finishing the tackle, they get like kind of shook up. Or mm-hmm. you talked about it last week when Square, his shoulders weren't square in the hole, and mm-hmm. he just got. I mean, that's the easiest way to get a tackle mm-hmm. broken. I understand it from their perspective. I expected a lot more from Cash Daniel at this point. Uh, yeah, it's just plain well, and simple. Fr- first thing on Square. He's a 208-pound inside linebacker in the SEC. So with that, if a 330-pound offensive guard just gets a hand on him or anything, he's going to get knocked off balance. So with him, it's all about angles. It's all about quickness. It's all about timing on these stunts. That's something that Jordan Jones had figured out. Right. Knifing through and making plays. I think that's something Square is still trying to learn. And until he learns to master that, he's going to. I think he's going to struggle, especially getting caught up in the wash. So that's just something for him that he's got to continue to work on. To catch Daniel, I think it's kind of getting forgotten about that he was awesome against Florida. He was all over the field. He was making plays past past his area when secondary guys were getting lost. He was coming from behind, making tackles. And I thought he was all. I think I thought he played possibly his best game of his college career against Florida. And then you had the ankle gate situation, and so that was supposed to be the leader of your team. So you have to wonder in the locker room what, what's that kind of dynamic now that that all that whole situation happened. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he didn't start against Mississippi State. Which kind of reminded me of Texas A and M last year, where he was suspended for targeting. He really he really was kind of bad when he came in there, not not as a starter. Right. And then this week. You know, he wasn't – He wasn't. I don't think he was bad, but he wasn't great either. I think this week is a, a big week for just the team leaders in general. Like how 
are they able to keep everybody focused or is this a, man, I'm just glad to get the hell out of here for a little bit. You know, like it, which way are they going to go? And it really, th- this is a, a, a role that we talk about the power vacuum. Terry Wilson was one of the first to kind of step into that and you lose him too. And so now who does the offensive lean on as their leader? Like, I mean, the off having a skill you having a skilled player as your vocal a leader, receiver. It's hard to have a receiver. Yes, be the leader of your offense. Yes, just because the, of they, the dynamic of that position. Yeah, like they aren't a great. Like you have to get them the ball. Mm-hmm. It's not the other way around where it's just like just hand it to them or just just put it in their hands. It takes somebody else an action to get it into their hands, whether it's you know a little sweep or throw downfield, but. And I don't think it can be somebody on the line either because it's just a different kind of thing. So Now, that whole thing could change if that receiver we're talking about is playing quarterback. Which you – I, I want to tip of the cap to you, sir. You found some – when you did your film room breakdown of Lynn Bowden at quarterback. TexasSportsRadio.com. Yes. I, I only recall Bowden just flipping the field in his highlights. So you did some deep digging to find his throwing. I crunched a lot of huddle tape, Mr. Roush. <laughs> and it wasn't the best camera shots either. There were a lot of throws I wanted on there that they just didn't pick up. Was it just Youngstown reel-to-reel? I guess like. the guy was eating nachos up in the press box. <laughs> I forgot to move the camera, the, the little, little handle of the camera. But, yeah, he is – he's better than people think, I think, that's first off. Like, Lim Bowden, if he wanted to play quarterback, he probably could have played quarterback at, like, a max school. Yeah. So, he can make some throws in – the biggest thing I think he's going to bring is just having that, that QB run game back in the offense. I think that's a big thing that's hurt, especially the offensive line and just how defenses scheme against Kentucky. I think that is going to give them an advantage, just having that QB run game back and kind of getting their swagger in their run game kind of back. And then when it comes to throwing the ball, I think – what essentially this is going to do? It's going to get Kentucky back to a fifteen to eighteen pass offense, where you're going, you're kind of if it's Fine bone, by me. it's kind of just you know throw it here, throw it there, just enough to keep them honest. Take a deep shot every once in a while, which Bolden can do. I think he can on a go. Now he's not going to drive the ball in the middle of the field. You're not going to see those those deep crosses or those long, uh, deep post, but he can throw it forty yards vertically on a go route. He can throw a fade to Wagner. Mm-hmm. You can spread him out, and he can hit somebody between that 12 to 15-yard range with some zip on the ball. What I like the most is that he can you, – you talk about the quarterback run game. He – it looked very natural watching him run an RPO and hit a slant. Yeah, I mean, he did it's, all that stuff in high school. Like He reads it well. I think he reads it really well. And – Ball security is going to be an issue because he's thrown he's thrown three incompletions in his career and nine passes. Two of them have been interceptions at the college level, but that's also because he's getting in there and he knows he's only going to have one chance to throw it. I think so. so he's, he's trying to for, force it in the hole, and he's doing it while he's wearing he was he was two gloves, Teddy. Right on a lot of that those. we saw against South Carolina, like one glove. Yeah, and he looked he looked normal in there. Now he did. He did drop a like drop the ball one time. I didn't really know what that. Deal that was, was in Wildcat on a third and short. One of the few third and shorts Kentucky had in the game, they had two. They had a third and three where they passed it, where they had a little rub action, and 
Smith couldn't get it to Bolden, and then they had another third and short where they went wildcat and it fumbled. Have but, you have you ever heard of Dixon, Kentucky? Uh, I want to say yes, but can't off the top of my head think of where it's at. It is the county seat of Webster County, which I've never I've heard of. But somebody from heard of we- Dixon, Tennessee. Yeah, there, somebody's calling me from there. Why are you calling me right now? I, it just robocalls, man. Drive me nuts. It's usually those cable company people trying to sell me something because they I they hitting up the eleven personnel oh hotline. Oh my gosh, they're hitting up the eleven personnel. <laughs> Wrong number, buddy. <laughs> Wrong number. Um, just do you do you understand why people are like anti-winning on Bowden at quarterback though? Yeah. Yes and no. I guess. I think a lot of people just want to see Walker Wood and want to see Amani Gilmore. But why? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> so so my thing is is that like the backup quarterback's always popular, but isn't it a better idea to give your best player more touches? I think the thought process is you're taking an all conference level receiver and you're making him play a position that he's not going to be an all conference level. So you're in in that way you're hurting yourself if you've got other you know scholar that what you deem scholarship worthy quarterbacks on the roster that you won't play. So here is if we want to take it down to a very basic uh, level of thinking. Here is you're in your NCAA football game roster. You're going through your depth chart. You got to move some people around. Let's let's use some arbitrary numbers. So let's say Walker Wood is a 68 and Amani Gilmore is a 60 overall rating. Lynn Bowden, 90 receiver, but when you move him to quarterback, he's like a 72 or 3. Yeah, low 70s, let's just say. Yeah, we'll, we'll say 73. So, yes, it's not that much better. But he has that athleticism, and whoever you put in to replace him, whether it's Cleveland Thomas or whoever it may be, the drop-off. Well, I think other thing you're going to see, too, I think you're going to see less tight end. Spread people out. Mm-hmm. Because I think Kentucky has struggled to block people with tight ends this year. Yeah, they have. So I think you're going to see more 10, 11 personnel. With that comes, that means more snaps for Bryce Oliver, means more snaps for Cleveland Thomas, we really more snaps seen for Demarcus Harris. Yep. So I think they're going to – in turn, they're going to have more receivers out there, but they're maybe not going to be throwing them the ball as much. I think that you can maybe see where A.J. Rose, they split him out, maybe send him in jet motions, maybe give him – going on some jet sweeps, stuff like that to give him some perimeter runs, him or Cavassier Smoke. I think you see more Chris Rodriguez. That's a nice there. run. Mm-hmm. But apparently uh, he made him take not one but two timeouts. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, so like for not – Lining up right. Or not subbing when he was supposed to, one of those kind of ordeals. So get get gotta get that fixed, but Yeah. And I think with Bolden, with that ten, eleven personnel comes more sub packages you're facing on defense, getting teams out of base, which in turn will give you some advantageous numbers in the box for your offensive line to block, which is something I don't think they've had so far. So I think that could help out an offensive line that's struggling a little bit. And what teams are going to want to do, what I would want to do against a dual-threat quarterback who has got a, you know, let's just say a sketchy passing background, as Bolton does, I would say let's try to stop the run 
in zone. Let's get in zone coverage. Let's figure out what we do best in zone coverage, and let's make let's stop the run, and let's make this quarterback make throws in small windows. Let's not get in man where we're maybe blitzing him, but if he makes us miss or for it not discipline in rush lanes, then boom, it could be a big play on a scramble or he could break out. And then maybe a receiver or a running back leaks out for a big game. It's it's hard to – like that kind of intangible mm-hmm. is difficult. So seeing how, seeing how defenses kind of play that is what I'm most interested in. Well, and something Mark Stoops said, I don't know if it was – That's any. all – we're all assuming that he's going to be the guy, which I think – Yeah, he'll probably be the guy way, for – At least a couple games. Yeah, yeah. The – I think your hope is that you can beat Arkansas, sit mm-hmm. Sawyer at Georgia, and then, you know, we'll see with Missouri. That That's a game where you're at well, points. Missouri's defense has been rock solid all season, but Wyoming shredded them with a QB run game. Boom. So, sorry, stay on the sideline. So, that, that could be a game. Now, teams can adjust to what Kentucky's doing and all that. So, eventually, I think – I don't think this is a full-time thing with Bowden. I think eventually you're going to have to go back to it. Yeah. But I think it can be a short-term answer to give your football team some confidence and some mojo. Yeah. And the, the point that Stoops made at one point this week, though, was we've seen the offensive line. The last two games, they've given up seven sacks. A Florida best pass rushing team in the country, they only gave up one sack. I think part of it, as Stoops said, is that, A, I mean, they've just been in a lot of third and long, so it's obvious passing situations are going to be able to tee off. But and on B, the road. Yeah. And B, you've got, like, they don't have to think in the back of their mind, this guy can pull it and run. I've got to, you know, I, I've got to be a little more careful in my pass rush. I've got to be a lot more disciplined. I can't just go. You know, balls to the wall, for lack of a better term. There, you have to have a little bit more discipline in your rush and your calls because, like you said earlier, one mistake, giving them a running line, gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you at least could give bring some of that back to the offense. Now, this is all – I think all of what we're saying, it is in the parameters of this can work if, if the – aren't playing from behind, which they've been doing, and if they take care of the football, which they yep. haven't been doing. Two, yep. two big fumbles. Third down, fumbles. And, man, did, did Kentucky ever play from behind in 2018? Missouri. Vandy. But that was like 7-7, I think. They got Florida. They were down at half. 17-14? It was. 14-10? It was. Like uh, they kicked a field goal. Yeah, 10-7, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but they Vanderbilt were, was seven. If they were playing behind Mississippi State seven nothing. It was within one or two scores, and man, that was the thing too. Is as bad as that first half was against South Carolina. It's only ten nothing. But they were man. one. I mean, they were one play away from that whole game changing. And again, it gets back to the game pressure. Like I talked about, Mississippi State lost the most disciplining part was you never really put pressure on a team that was kind of in a pressure pack spot. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. They get. A punt muffs because it hits a guy blocking in between the numbers on the great, back. Great offense. So they have a great opportunity to score there, and they go four and out. It, and it's just, you know, frustrating. They just never really, really had, gave themselves a shot in that game. Never really made South South Carolina make Kentucky play left-handed. Kentucky never made South Carolina play left-handed, and that was the biggest. That was the biggest issue I had with the game. Now, hindsight, you saw what Bowden did. I would have liked to see them maybe turn him loose at quarterback 
Especially earlier. Sawyer was obviously. Right. Well, you knew. Yeah. I think we all knew that in the first quarter, like, he just ain't got it tonight. Right. You could see it. He did, like, his face looked like he didn't want to be there. All his throws were just off. Every time he got hurt, a hit, it looked it took it looked like it took him a long time to get up, and just it just it just wasn't there. And so, you felt like it, you could hang in there if, if you could just get one big play. Maybe you could get two scores together. But once they went up seventeen nothing, it was pretty much ball game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've had enough of talking about that stupid game. Is that cool with you? Sound with me. Do you need anything else you need to get off your chest? No. It just I. The one thing I would say moving forward, no matter who's at quarterback, the schedule sets up well for Kentucky. Five of the final seven games are at home. Everyone but Georgia, you should think you're going to win going in. Missouri is one that's maybe kind of iffy on that. But Mark Stoops has never lost to Barry Odom. Nope. Kind of has their number a little bit. There, have you ever noticed that Barry, Barry Odom is like Mark Stoops' Rick Fox? For Calipari, he always talks about Barry. Odom. Mark Fox. Mark Fox. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Rick Fox played for the Lakers, but yeah, like it's the same kind of thing where it's like, you know, he's doing a great job and blah blah blah. And it's like it's because you keep beating him, Mark. Like we know. Well, and well, <laughs> he's the one. They beat them two years ago, right? The game before they went on that big run in the season, and he was kind of the one saying like Missouri did the same thing last year. Mm-hmm. That uh, Kentucky beats them, and they're devastated. But then they go on and win, like rip off like four. Yeah, five crush Florida, mm-hmm. crush they're Tennessee. Not, they're not doing that this year, though. They've got like after Kentucky, it's like Georgia, Florida, like all of their. I think do they play Georgia? Yeah, they play Georgia it's, after. It's like mm-hmm. all of their tough SEC East games are after Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Like Kentucky starts it off. So, so you mean all of their tough SEC game East games are after the team they play before Kentucky? It's Kentucky's. Oh. Yeah, 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 go Cats. Woo! Uh, and I wanted to add to, you might have been getting to that before I cut you off, uh, <laughs> but you noted that the defensive lines, too, coming up. South Carolina, good defensive line. There was some nasty pass rush moves out there. Pros, Javon Kinlaw is going to be a first-round pick, number three inside. Logan Stenberg really struggled with him. Kobe Smith, former UK commit, it's really good. He's probably going to get drafted. DJ Aaron Sterling, defensive end, he's probably going to get drafted. DJ Wanham, it's a junior, hadn't had a sack all season. Gets three in one game. <laughs> Balled out. <He>, kind of <laughs> like the Darrell Taylor of Tennessee last year. I believe he finished with eight and a half sacks, and I think three and a half came against Kentucky. Three and a half or four came against Kentucky last year. It was just it was one of those games. But Kentucky's offensive line is not built to have long – Pass sets and pass block like that—they're just not. It's quick pass game. If you if the quarterback's sitting back there, he's he's gonna be toast, especially when he has no run element. So, so I mean, I, some of those sacks are on the line. Some of them are on Sawyer. Like that first one in the first half. It's third and whatever. Instead of stepping up in the pocket or just taking a sack in the pocket, like you're hurt, you're running around. What are you gonna do? You're not going anywhere. And then you just as soon as you get out of the pocket, boom, hit fumble. It's just the Kentucky's got to get back to an offense playing where they're comfortable, play getting ahead and getting some rhythm. I think with that comes trying to enhance your strengths. What are the what are the strengths of this football team? It's a good question because offensively, that's something that they have to find in the bye week. They have to. They don't have an identity right now on offense. They have to find an identity. I think you can make the case the defense. 
you know, has warts for sure, but they're they're I think they're improving and getting better each week so far, at least to to my eyes. Offensively, it's kind of just a just a big heaping pile of nothing <laughs> because you don't you know you lose Terry, who was going to have a big year this year. You thought you can't your your running backs. You're kind of just shuffling in and out. The offensive line has struggled, which is supposed to be a strength and. You tried to force feed the receivers the last two weeks, and that just it's not working. Not working. Not so working you have to this this week you have to figure out what your identity is going to be, and then you have to put together a game plan. And this game plan against Arkansas, I think, is something that whatever you pick, that's kind of got to be you for the rest of the season, and you got to ride it out for these last seven games. Or if you have a Lynn Bowden, you you know ride it out for like three or four, and then dial it back some. Right, but you stick with that right. identity, and then if you look at Kentucky, maybe it's not the inside zone team like Graham wants to be, like you have with Snell. Maybe it's more outside zones. Yeah. Maybe you see more like pin pull runs, like South Carolina did against Kentucky. Maybe you see some QB counters, some more RB counters, some counter trays, That's some sweeps. A, um, so I never had ran pin pull schemes because I mean high school football, you know, you're just. You're calling your pullers. You're not gonna give them. You're not giving high school kids the option on when they're pulling or not. Because if it would have been mine, half the damn line would have just pulled. You know, they want that stuff. So to kind of understand what it is, where it's like, hey, if you don't have, if you're either blocking down or you're pulling, mm-hmm. that is a freaking offensive lineman's dream. And it, I, I think it's kind of cool that it gives them a little bit more options, um, and it creates. Uh, Scenarios where you got those big Holly Mogs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being your lead blockers, especially when necessarily your your tight ends haven't been blocking as well, and right. you've been the get CJ Conrad the ball. I just wish he was here to block. That'd be nice, right? They they they, they miss him, especially on that split zone where the tight end comes from the other side and then kicks out the uh, backside defensive end. Uh, they miss them. Ain't no doubt about that. It's boxing. Well, we don't have – we can't be sitting here in a film room because you all are listening to us talk. So, what we're going to do, we're going to hand out awards. Let's do it. Because this is an award-winning football team, folks. They have won two football games. They've made it to the bye week, so we're going to give out some bye week awards. More like bye week superlatives. Uh, Lucky, were you on the – did you help make a yearbook? You in the yearbook? I did. No, uh, me too. See, runs in the, the KSR family. So, you helped pick the senior superlatives. So, who was Sanex class of 07? You're going to ask me this question. <laughs> I'm not going to have an answer for you. Are you that old? Are you 07? Yeah, 07. So, who was uh, the biggest disappointment? Sanex <laughs> class of 07? <laughs> yeah. So, there's a lot to choose from there. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Uh, let's skip back to the <laughs> <laughs> Because that's where we're leading. We're, we got a couple over. We actually had, uh, mo- like, coolest car and we picked the guy who had like the dumpiest car stuff like that we We did biggest fans most likely to like own a business i don't think we i don't think we're allowed to do see they let us do whatever we want see we did it in the they didn't put them in the yearbook we did it in like we had a newspaper oh so i was what was what was the newspaper called xavier news i think oh come on it can't be like tiger tiger tail (laughs) yeah exactly you gotta have something cooler than that like when when we had our school newspaper for like i don't know two months when and then people quit caring they called it the pacer because we were the colts Mm -hmm. said your pace horse still very lame but the school newspapers need to be something like 
kind of like the bad cheesy blog names, like Cattails and uh, <laughs> Big Blue Claw, like Tiger Beat. Ooh, Tiger Beat. That 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 have been great. Wasn't that a magazine, like a Teen Throb magazine, Tiger Beat? I don't know. Pretty sure it was. I wasn't a Teen Throb, so I wouldn't know. But a Twenty Throb though. Late twenties throb. I think I'm in my late twenties now. I think I'm out of my mid twenties. Yeah. Once you pass twenty six. Oh no no no. Twenty seven is still technically mid. I don't know about that. We're rounding down, like <laughs> we're rounding down. Uh, but now we gotta round up because we are doing our senior superlatives. All right, biggest disappointment. I'm just gonna just say quarterback play in general. Because that was not just it quarterback injury luck. Yeah, and it's not even anything you can like it even goes back to Nick Scalzo blowing out his knee <laughs> know, in fall camp. And then Terry Wilson on a pretty routine play has a not even just a regular knee injury, has like a weird knee injury. Yeah. And then Sawyer Smith gets in and has <laughs> hurts his wrist against Florida, chasing down a pick six, hurts his shoulder sometime against Mississippi State, and then has another injury. Who knows what that is? Yeah. So how do you I mean like it it's so essentially Three games in or three out of the five or four four out of the five games Kentucky played, a quarterback has gotten hurt, and then in fall camp, another quarterback has gotten hurt. So it's just to me that's the most disappointing thing. It's just just uh, bad luck they've really got within the QB injury department. Yeah, and uh, especially when that that we talked that vacuum of production, so much of it was going to be put on the shoulders of Terry Wilson. So for that to go away. There's still other pieces there, but you can't rely on those pieces. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know, like AJ Rose, we know he's good, but is he featured back good? I don't know. Like that that's it's one of those things where everything could work so much better if it was centered around Terry. Now when it has to spread out elsewhere without somebody at the epicenter, it's just tough. And I I am definitely and I mean, obviously, there's seven more games to go, plenty of wins left. But the expectations just have been lowered significantly for me. Right. I think for the team right now, it's all about getting bowl eligible, beating Louisville, and then beating Tennessee at a down year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you can do those things, because those things good. from a recruiting standpoint are you're the things good. you're looking for. And you can go to a bowl game, and like we talked about earlier, no matter what they do, they're going to go to a respectable bowl more than likely because of the situation in the SEC. It's looking like two teams are going to make the playoff. Another team is going to make the New Year Six, maybe even two in the New Year Six, and then Missouri has a bowl ban. And then you look at teams like Tennessee, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Arkansas, Ole Miss. It's going to be rough sledding for those teams to even get to bowl eligibility. So the chances are still there, I think, to have a – like to end the season on a high note. I think that's still a very viable option. But it's they've got some stuff to figure out. Eddie Grant's going to have to earn that $870,000 paycheck this week. <laughs> Mark Stoops is going to have to earn that $4.7 million salary this week. And they're, they're going to have to figure some stuff out. But we're just going to have to see what they, they can get in the lab and figure out. So, but the good thing is – Running backs got some fresh legs because they're not putting up a lot of carries. <laughs> Defense is young, but they're getting better, and they're going to get healthier off this bye. I think you're going to start to see more Xavier Peters. Defensive line. Hopefully we're seeing good. Boogie Watson kind of find something that in the last game, and he can really step up. And defensive line has played, has played well, and that gets us to our MVP, I think, 
for me at least, is Calvin Taylor. Oh. I think he has been awesome this season. Wow. I think he's been one of the best inside defense linemen in the SEC. I think not first team, but I think he's got a really, really good shot at second or third team honors all SEC. It's a pretty bold statement there, Mr. Luckett. Mm -hmm. I think you're conveniently forgetting about the best punter in America. (laughs) Max Duffy is your MVP because he could have the best average in the history of punting. All-American. And what's crazy, that Texas A&M game last year when it was just like the greatest punt off. Punt fest. Like the Big Ten was watching just like, what the hell is going on? This is our game. We're having the punt off. That guy for Texas A&M had to declare that he was coming back from school because they thought he was going to go to the draft. Duffy isn't at that point yet, but, you know, maybe so. And there's a fake coming with him. It was, it was so there. It was too. open. It's was, coming. It was there. I was like, just, just go. Just it's go. coming. Just go. Um, but you mentioned Calvin Taylor's your MVP. He is my unsung hero because I just think – I just think he gets glossed over with all the other guys. Um, and when he plays well, it's it's so much fun to watch. Like, like Josh Sticks Allen. out like a sore thumb. Yeah, and like that twist was the most perfect twist, the sack he had against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And He's going to get drafted. Oh, I, so I, I was talking to him about it. Uh, it'll, it'll be a post. You, you can watch the video on YouTube now, but I'm going to make it a post on KSR later. Which, by the way, if you aren't subscribed to our YouTube page, KSR Digital – on YouTube, subscribe to it. It's got everything you could ever want from all the stuff that we hear from the players and all the posts that we write comes from that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know the stuff before we write it, you get you can have dips essentially. But when I was talking to Calvin about it, he was just like, "It was like, so what's it like when you get that you get the twist call and it actually works?" Because I, what could I? You weren't on defensive line, but how many times did you run a twist and it just doesn't open up because they slide to it and they're there to block it? Probably a lot. Two thirds of the time, maybe, mm-hmm. give or take. And he was like, Man, as soon as I saw them slide away, I knew like it was gonna be there. And he just took open the, like the Red Sea. Oh my gosh. And like his face too, the joy that he gets, just smiling ear to ear. I I absolutely love it. And I just think that he uh, hasn't got enough praise. So I'm glad that you gave him the MVP and I got him the unsuck hero because he's earned it. He had career seven tackles against South Carolina to go along with that sack. And I think there's a guy from PFF. He hasn't tweeted out that random stat recently, and I'm not going to pay for their subscription. Um, You know, we got enough stuff to write about. But he had like the top five in the country interior defense lineman pressures. He's up there. I mean, he's played almost as well as anyone on the def- inside defensive line. Yeah. He's, you know, he's gotten 16 tackles in five games, which is a lot for defensive linemen. You know, he's got a couple Q- or Q- quarterback hurries. I don't know what just came out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fu- uh, Force fumble. He's got a PBU, two sacks, three tackles for a loss. So, I would like a couple more PBUs, though, just from a – Six, you think you throw it over the six and nine guy? Like, come on. Um, Okay. Who, what do you have next? What do you want to do? My unsung hero hero, is just Drake Jackson. I still think he's very important. I think he's quietly played really well. And if they lose him on the offensive line, they could be, they could be in some trouble because he's kind of their glue up front. So I, he's my, he's 
more times than not, he's going to be my unsung hero because I think what he does kind of goes underappreciated. And I just think he's really good. I think he's one of the better centers in the SEC. He's another guy I think is going to be up for all SEC honors by the end of the season. That's good to hear. And I mean, in, we talked about leaders earlier. It's good that you still got Drake in the middle of that. Right. Offensive line. Um, biggest surprise. Would you like to go first, Mr. Luckett? I would say the secondary's gradual improvement. Damn it. Stole mine. Now, it's going to be challenged here against Arkansas because they like to throw the ball around the yard. Yeah, they, they threw it around pretty well last week. But I've liked what I've seen. The two junior college guys, Brandon Eccles, of course, has been there from the start. We're start, starting to see more from Quandry Mosley. Mm-hmm. I think Jamari Brown's got better every week. Man, that play he made on the I don't know ball. why he's not starting. I think they've started Dort the last two games. Yeah, I've been a – Brown makes very obvious mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that like like consistently he's there. He's got he got picked on early in the season, but I think you've seen him start to get a little bit better each week, yeah. and I've like I've liked what I've seen from him. So just that gradual improvement, even with the loss of Jordan Griffin, even with like you know nothing really going their way, a pass Cor- rush kind of leaving Corker them having to dry to be out. I Taj think they've the mm-hmm. getting injured. Yeah, Taj Dotson. I mean, they've taken their lumps, and been better than expected. And you can see where they're starting to improve. Uh, now, they're still making up touchdown bad mistakes, but Kentucky's pass defense is one of their best statistics in the SEC. I think they're like sixth. Yeah, I mean, it's just like anything. They're giving up yards, but they're, they, they've gotten some interceptions. They've gotten some – they're not giving up many touchdowns. I think it's – they have five interceptions and only three touchdowns. They've only given up three yep, passing right. touchdowns. Well, and you got to thank two of the interceptions too, were Cash and DeAndre Square. So linebackers have two of those. Okay, so but still one to one interception right. touchdown ratio. Right. Not too shabby. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if I can add an alternative to that, but I think it has to be the secondary is the biggest surprise and a, and a pleasant surprise at that. Biggest room for improvement. Uh, I have two options here, like it. So I'll let you choose them, so I can pick my other one if you take it. How's that sound? Okay, mine's just offensive ground game. That was my first one. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> great minds think alike. Like we've talked about earlier, that just it's their DNA. I had a stat that I pulled up earlier this week. Since Eddie Grand arrived, Kentucky is one and eight when they don't run the ball at least thirty times in a game. That only win was against a winless FCS Austin P in twenty sixteen. They are, I believe, twenty six and nine, something like that, when they do run thirty times a game. So that's kind of their DNA, and that's I think where. The, they're, the coaches are most comfortable playing in a style like that. So yeah. I think – but to run it 30 times, you ha- running it 30 times means that you're kind of dictating the pace of the game because that means you're kind of owning the, the the tempo. You're successful enough where you're moving the chains enough where you can attempt that many runs. And I think that's where Mark Stoops is kind of most comfortable where he can – play offense like that and his defense only has to play 60 to 65 snaps because I think you we've seen over Stoops' tenure, once that defense gets kind of past that 65 snap mark, that's when they get tired and kind of let up. That's where you saw the Mississippi State late score touchdown. That's where you saw the South Carolina Tavian Feaster just bullied Yusuf Corker. That's what they, they want to stay in that kind of 60 to 67 snaps. I think that's their sweet spot on defense. They don't want to really play more than that. But to do that, you've got to move the chains on offense and you've got to establish the run. And I think that's a big thing for them, especially with Bowden at quarterback. It's going to be a more run heavy offense. 
them getting that ground game going is going to be important. And it's it's one of those things that going into the year, I think we all had a like, well, at least they'll be able to run the ball because we know they've got good backs and they're solid up front on the offensive line. But those all of the running backs are much better in space. They just are. Except for Rodriguez, I think. Yeah, there was a couple times. There's one play in particular. I was sitting next to Pilgrim, and he's like, stop dancing. Where some of it was it was a great play by the defensive end. I forget who it was. But it was one-on-one. Rose had to read his tackle and go one way or the other. And instead, he got caught dancing behind him. And the defensive end did his job thinking, making him guess which way he was going instead of just hitting the hole. Mm-hmm. And that's stuff that you didn't have to worry about with Benny Snell. And that, you know, naturally, we took that for granted. The, okay, just give it to Benny and you're going to get three yards. He's the school's all-time winning rusher for a reason, folks. Mm-hmm. Very talented running back who I just want to see him get more carries with the Stillers. We need that. He only had two the other night. It was hogwash. Bud had a good game, though. Bud did. He had a – was it a forced fumble? Yeah, on the red zone, a, I think. In the strip sack, yeah. Bud Dupree, what a guy. He has his Contract here. Sacks is Josh Allen, who I caught up with uh, yesterday. Josh is a good dude, man. How'd that go? It was great. It was great. I, except the uh, the equipment almost – I thought it was going out on me. Yeah. Oh, that would have been bad. It was bad. Yeah, it would have been bad. Because so you had it, to get beef it, and cheddar shredder over there on the on the hotline. Well, it's not even the uh, equipment, like the cords, because I actually recorded the, it early. Believe it or not, oh, okay. getting NFL players up at like the crack of dawn. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But what happens is the stupid iPhone. They don't have an, just a headphone jack anymore. So you've got to plug in that adapter, and when you have like three adapters plugged in. Then it's like, oh gosh, we got to make sure that none of these are pulling one out or anything else. Either way, got it to work. He's a great guy to talk to. And I'm pretty sure he's coming back for the Tennessee game. So Yeah, it's probably his bye week. That's their bye week. So I think he's coming back for it. And they got three games. They got Cincy, Indy, and Nashville within like a month of each other. Mm-hmm. And I've only been to one NFL game in my life. Like it. I might have to make my way to one of those. Probably not the Bengals because they just suck. They're like, I don't want to watch it just. A bad football team, but I could see myself uh, enjoying my time down in Nashville, maybe at LP Field or whatever they're calling it now. It's called what's it called now? Nissan. Nissan Stadium. They got they got the trucks all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, but if you want to go to the dome, it gets loud up in there. See, I kind of do want to go there because I've been. To I've a never experienced games. a football game in a dome, but I've heard it's crazy loud. In Colts, there be. I mean. I don't know how they lost the Raiders, but yeah, that they should be pretty good, right? Yeah. I don't know that division. They, that's it's the wonky first one of nine seven. <laughs> You're exactly right. Um, worst play. You go first. I think we might have the same one. Fourth and one versus Florida. I think since then See, nothing's felt the same. I agree with that, but for me. I just keep thinking, what is this? What does this team look like if Terry Wilson isn't horse collared? Yeah, yeah. Like, what does that Florida game look like? Is it different? Or do they like do they mollywop him? Or is it? Did Sawyer make some throws that maybe Terry wouldn't have made, and therefore Kentucky loses that game? But if that, you know, I think there's just so many different scenarios where you could play in your head if if he was still there. Yeah. 
And I think that that was that's the that was the worst play to me. You just it, at the time it didn't look like that bad of a tackle, but then he just didn't get up, and you're like, oh, just maybe just got your toe, you know, stuck in the grass. Maybe just scared you. Maybe you sprained your foot or something like that. They they aren't showing the replay, and I've got buddies at home like, well, it didn't look that bad, but yeah. then you just see how much pain he's in. It's like, God, this sucks. Mm-hmm. It did suck. So for me, that was a worst play. Okay, let's move on. Worst play, yeah, best play, best play. To me, what the 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 Wagner fade against Eastern Michigan, he just threw it up, caught it, threw a guy off. Pass interference didn't matter. Go and score for a touchdown. I think it really got gave some teams some momentum after the Terry injury, and I think it gave the offense some you know excitement about Sawyer Smith. Mm-hmm. And then they then that carried into the Florida game for three quarters. Sir, I, I like that you you picked the is a situational. It's like what Phil still his situational play where it's the situation. That's obvious why you would pick it. But the context in which it gave Sawyer Smith some confidence and the team confidence after a real downer injury I think is important. But the best catch I've ever seen is the one he made against Florida. Right. That was incredible. That right. Was, uh, you know what, though? It might not have been – okay, I take it back. I was going to say that Dane Key's catch might have been better. Dane Key, that's probably the best catch I've seen in high school. That was filthy. That was just crazy. They kicked the crap out of that team too. Was it Scott County? Yeah, and big I mean, win for them. Big revenge game mm-hmm. for uh, which, by the way, big Friday night for recruiting. So if you're going out, if you want to watch Bo Allen play, I bet Mark Stoops is going to be there. It's a or, game at Lexcath, or is it down in Boyle County? That I don't know, but that's that's a huge game. Big Those game. teams. I think they got. I don't out think of, they like each other very. They much. got out of the their own. I think they were in separate classes for a few years, and now they're back in the same class. It sounds about right. And I know Boyle County wrecked them last year, but Boyle County had a really good team. So my the and Bo Allen's been a superstar for his team. This so year. I I went to school with a bunch of Lexcath kids at UK, and that you kept Boyle County's name out of your mouth. They didn't like him that much. Uh, and I don't know why I want to get stuck on that, but that just means it's going to be a nasty game. It's in Danville at Boyle County. Seven thirty kick. I think that, like you said, Bo Allen, he's put up impressive numbers, and he's done it after losing a lot of his best playmakers. So it'll be if if he can. Yeah, that defense isn't stopping anybody, so they need him to put up monster numbers week in and week out, and, and he's doing it. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him. Um. But the, yeah, so I'm just for all those who might want to catch the UK coaches at a game, see where Butler's playing. I don't, I don't know. About that. I wish I'm I'm doing this in a post, so you can just check that when you're listening to this Friday morning. But it's Butler with Jordan Watkins. You, I bet Michael Smith will be there. Uh, Mail with Isaiah Cummings. I've, those two put on a show, I believe, last week. Yeah, they put. It was one of those things. It was like Bradley. Let's go video this game. I have a feeling that any more they do, they get 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. And I think they had a big one called back, too, mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, North Harden is one you should also, whoever North Harden's playing, I bet you the big dogs there, not just for Oxendine either. They're running back with Vell Wright. That dude is a stud, an absolute stud, near the top of UK's big board in that junior North class. Harden undefeated. Uh, and I think DeAndre Square, he even said he was going to go out to watch that, Hazard. I and, saw uh, that. Uh, Somerset and Kai Sharon. Big game out there. Is game it? of the week, I think. I, I want to see him because, like, you know, there's like a, hey, so is he as good as Bo Allen? Because you can't really, like Somerset's, I think, class single A. 
pulling it up right now. They're either single or double. They uh, are double A District Four. But they they've been playing the Briar Jumpers. They've been playing a lot of those county schools down there. Their their offenses <laughs> lighting people up. Right. Forty, seventy five, forty six, forty one, sixty four. Yeah, they're putting up some big points. But I think it's because teams like that typically, you know, those Southern Kentucky county schools aren't typically playing guys that throw the ball around the yard quite like Kyle Sharon can. So I, I'll be interested to see what he plays against a good Hazard team uh, this weekend. To uh, to kind of wrap things up, Saturday. Pretty good slate, Adam Luckett. It's going to be fun. Pretty good slate. Oh, this is a, a segment you can sponsor, folks. If you if you need to sponsor something because you want us to... Okay. Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity this to sponsor. Really, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sponsor an incredible segment on a podcast. And it's called Did CBS Get It Right? We've been playing this game for a while now. And I I enjoy this game. They I don't recall if they got it right last Sunday. So no, they didn't get it right last Saturday. This Saturday for about five minutes of the first quarter, it looked like they might have something. It was there. a lot of points at least over. And then Tua said, Mark Solid. "Wink, I got this." <laughs> this week though, Auburn, Florida, your boy, buckle up, Bo Daddy. And this is you. You talked about two playoff teams or two SEC teams in the playoff. These teams can make like they can if whoever wins this game, they can lose to Georgia or Alabama and still make their case for a college football playoff appearance. Neither of these two teams are going to make the playoff, but they're going to have a say about if the SEC can get two teams in. Because if Auburn wins, that's going to be a bucket in the hat for LSU and Alabama saying we beat this team that has wins over you know Pac-12 champ Oregon. A Florida team that went ten and two, or Auburn just beats them all, Bo Nix. Maybe, or for <laughs> Florida, it sets up you know a big clash next week when they go to LSU, and then it's down in Jacksonville for the cocktail party too. It's going to be another huge matchup between Florida and Georgia. But you know, I love Bo Nix. There's just something weird. I don't feel good about this game if from on the Auburn side. Oh well, you need to get your feelings <laughs> the hell out of here. I just I, so, I don't know. Dan Mullen as an underdog. I think Auburn's had a lot out of them so far. Florida's defense is really good. Kentucky is really the only team to really have success against that floor, and that's what makes that all those injuries just kind of yeah. sour taste in your mouth. Could you see what that offense kind of did against a really good defense? And Florida gets their guys back this week, Jamari Zuniga, C.J. Henderson. And I love Florida's receivers. They're not going to be pounding their head against that defensive line for Auburn. I don't know. I could just – I think things are kind of lining up for Florida in that game. Even so, though I think Auburn's probably the better team, but just on the, the way the schedule works out that lands on this weekend, I think it's kind of aligning for Florida to pull an upset. I was looking at the uh, – just the, the pure numbers on rush defense versus their rush offense. And pretty much in, in rushing pass, all of the major statistical categories, it's almost at a draw, except Florida hasn't run the ball football effectively. They can't run the ball at all. They can't run the ball at all. And you got a guy in Kyle Trask who started, and this is his third career start, which – What's, what the, what the hell's going on when they're like he only he hasn't started since his freshman year in high school? How do you get a guy who hadn't started at in high school? That's Texas high school football for you. Oh God, this is ridiculous. Derek King, that's why he didn't start. Okay, well 
the fact that he still ended up at Florida is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Texas football, get the hell out of here. I digress. If you if for if Auburn limits Florida's rushing game, which I think they'll be able to, that defensive line is going to tee the hell off on Kyle Trask. And I know he's pretty effective at getting the ball of hands quick. And I know you're a bit a believer, and I am as well, as the quarterback's going to be put in good situations by Dan Mullen. And he's at home. So it's not gonna. You're not gonna have that crowd. On I the still just think that. That's why I think it sets up Florida well to kind of sneak past Auburn this week, and then next week it sets up where they're just gonna go down to Baton Rouge and just get co-cocked. <laughs> but I think it sets up well for them this week, and then they're gonna have all the hype. It's Florida college football playoff contender. Blah 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 blah. And then, then LSU's gonna LSU's gonna on hammer them because they're getting healthy, and LSU hates Florida, and Florida hates LSU, and. LSU's got the better team this year, and it's it's 8 p.m. kickoff, 7 local time, ESPN, down there in Baton Rouge. I think, like, I, that's what I kind of see envisioning. I see maybe Florida sneaking past Auburn, and then next week, uh, the week of hype, and they go down to LSU and just get hammered. I don't know if it's going to be one of my PT's picks of the week like it, but I am going to put a little bit of money on the Utah State Aggies to cover 25 I'm points on, this week. I'm on them, too. Because LSU is playing a nooner. 11 a.m. local. Yeah. which so. But to answer the question, yes, CBS got this one right. Yes, yes. They didn't they, get last week right, but I think they're going to get this would one Would you right. get sponsored by emailing KSRads at KentuckySportsRadio.com? We love advertisers. We'll talk about them longer than anything we'll talk about on this podcast. But noon kickoff in Death Valley, 11 a.m. local time, against a, a, a Utah State team who's top 25 in scoring. Like LSU's NFL defense, quarterback, Jordan they, Love. They give up points. So I They have. Yeah, so I, I like I like Utah State to cover that. And they're it's due, a lot of points. LSU was hotter than anybody and then they had the bye week. Yeah. So they're coming off the bye. They'll come out asleep. off the bye off yeah. the bye and then they're coming out for the early kick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Utah State in that spot. Well, who what about this Iowa Michigan game? Like, is it too good to be true, Iowa beating Michigan? I think so. Like it feels like fool's gold. That line is fishy because you want if you just watch the teams and compare the numbers, Iowa should be favorite, Michigan's favorite. It's a get back spot for Michigan. If they don't bounce back here, they're not they're not ever going to bounce back. I, Iowa has traditionally not done well in these spots playing the big teams on the road, essentially Ohio State, Penn State, yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Now so, at home, but right at road. home it's a different animal in yeah. Kinnick Stadium. But on the road, I don't trust. I don't. I don't trust them. I think Michigan. They'll, they'll figure it out. I think I was going to have a hard time tr- covering those receivers. and I, they'll, I, they'll find a way to win that game, probably about 10 or so. Yeah. And I'm I'm really excited to see if Neil Brown can scare Texas. Cause it's it's a that, great spot for them. Yeah. I just don't – it was announced today, West Virginia safety, one of their starting safeties, is going to do the four, play four games transfer thing. Mm-hmm. So, and West Virginia's got, you know, big personnel issues. But – Texas has also got a lot of injuries they're nursing. I, I think they can maybe scare them a little bit, but I won't. I don't think that's going to be an upset. What is the number on Virginia Tech Miami? I think it's thirteen and a half. What a Virginia Tech! What the hell is going on? Like Justin Fuente, I thought that everybody was like, "That's a great hire." Like, what? Good job, guys. That was, we're going to be back. That was one the national media said. Slam dunk, can't miss. And it Great hire. Been... In the first two years, he was good, and then it just has gone off the rails. There was an article Ross Dellinger wrote in Sports Illustrated, who I hope he keeps his job. I know there's some stuff going on with us out right now. Yeah, yeah. But oh, anyway, yeah. over the summer, he wrote, he did like this kind of investigative piece, I guess, and pretty much the gist of it was that 
the the culture is kind of rotten there. That I don't think like there's some weird stuff going on because Bud Foster's are longtime DC and now he's retiring this year. So you get Bud I don't Foster think that's guys, been very smooth, right? And then you had seniors or upperclassmen telling the the underclassmen because they scheduled a game late last year, rescheduled with Marshall so they could get to six and six to get because uh-huh. they have a bowl streak going. And there was like a source piece saying that upperclassmen were telling them not to play hard this week because we don't want to practice more <laughs> and stuff like that. And then last week they got. Blitz by Duke. So did that piece come out like this week? It was over the summer. Okay. Because I actually heard about that recently too. And another weird thing, this line opened at 8.5 and and is up to 14 Mm -hmm. Miami. People are – because they think, you know, Virginia Tech's in a tailspin, so they're just hammering Miami. And Miami's got a schedule right now that sets up well. Like they're going to be favored in the rest of the games they play. Hmm. So this could be a jump start for them. They got Virginia coming into town next week on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. But they historically have never been good or not good recently as a double-digit favorite. So I don't really know what to expect from that game because I don't really know much about Miami. Yeah. And I don't, and we sure as hell don't know what the hell's going on with Virginia Tech. But my one of my favorite games this week is Friday night, UCF-Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. That's going to be some good action. Because Cincinnati wants to beat them boys bad. And, you know – UCF's got this long winning streak in the AC. Have you seen what – I believe it's this so, is real, the field. It's so ugly. I, I thought it was fake at first, <laughs> and I didn't even pay any attention to it. And then I saw it later, and I was like, oh, this is like – this is for real what they're doing. <laughs> Which if anybody has – what's it like? An all Is it all black, and then yeah, it's got a white end black. zone? Mm-hmm. One end zone's white, and then the rest are – It's weird. It's, it's weird. Just, it's all weird, and it needs to stop. It needs to stop now. I don't like it. It's it, You know what it reminds me of, too? Is in Space Jam when the bull's eyes get like like he sees red and then he gets really angry. That's like the background of their eyes. It doesn't look like a cat, a bear cat's eyes. It looks like the cartoonish uh, Looney Tunes bull. Mm-hmm. Very bizarre. Um, so I, I think the optics of that game will be bad. But I'm just excited to see what Cincinnati's defense does against right. UCF and all that tempo. Because mm-hmm. it, it if it gets into a, a physical just like. Like, I like Cincinnati if they can ugly up the game, but who dictates the pace? Right. So. And then uh, bloodbath in Knoxville. Oh, yeah. Tennessee, Jeremy Banks, who went to high school with Quentin Bohanna, were in the same class. Ooh, didn't know that. And <laughs> said he's going to. Where I'm from, sh- we shoot, shoot cops. cops. Um, Ohio State. Is there any way Michigan State can ugly up that enough? It's a lot of points. It went up from 17 yeah. to 20. Ohio State's the best team I've seen so far. But. Michigan State, they have a way to they, figure they it ugly out. They it up, man. They have a way. It's I like wouldn't Pitt. be surprised if that's, you know, 24-17 all of a sudden at the end of the third quarter. Man, but Ohio State, I was happy to see them just absolutely house Nebraska. They're due for a, you know, kind of a letdown performance, though Ohio State is. So, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the the nightcaps kind of stink. But, but a great, noon, great early day. At 3.30, there's a lot of good stuff and on. And you know what? That's perfect luck at because for us people who are used to having Kentucky football and you don't have Kentucky football, you just, you start drinking at noon. It's consumption Saturday. And then by the time you get to 8 o'clock, you're like, oh, crap, I, had, I was overserved. Who's – who? Bartender, you're losing your job. <laughs> it's consumption Saturday. It's going to be fun. It really is. I'm eating chili and drinking beer all day. And the weather reports out for next week, early weather report. 70s. 
It's going to be great. 70s during the day. Come kickoff time, you're looking at high 50s. Football weather. Yes. Woo! Get your burgoo, get your sweater, get your sweatshirt, get your hoodie. It's. Get your boots, get your jeans. Let's rock and roll. It's going to be 80. We're recording Thursday evening. This is the last day of 90 degree weather for the foreseeable future. Adam Lucky. We did it. We made it through summer. We're making it through a bye week. It's going to be a relaxing weekend. And we're forgetting about that South Carolina game. Ain't that right? We're moving forward. No rearview mirror. All, 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 all sides points ahead. No breaks. Into the bye week. It's time for some cold weather football. It's time to run the football. It's time for the defense to play better. Get off the field on third down. Convert in the red zone. Convert on third downs. And let me tell you something about Arkansas. Bad red zone offense. Bad red zone defense. Bad third down offense. So Kentucky is going to have a chance to get right against Setting a team up. that has uh, some flaws that I think match up well with them. Get it right. Get it tight. <laughs> Go Cats. Go Kroger. We'll see you all later.